Hi, it's Sunday, March the 20th, 2016. This is show number 25. This is Transmit. I'm Gummo. Here we go.
Hey everyone, welcome back to Transmit. I am your host Gummo, and of course you probably should know what this show is about by now, but if not, let me uh, give you a brief introduction. This is Transmit, this is a uh, little podcast, radio show, whatever you want to call it, and this is Life from a Hacker's Perspective. Uh, We're coming to you live from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, home of many interesting things and uh, many interesting people. Uh, it's the first day of March, and uh, it's still chilly here. Uh, it's good to be back yet again. Uh, I believe my last pod- podcast radio show uh, was uh, nearly a month ago, and you know, lots of things have been going on uh, with um, the uh, broadcasting schedule and also. Uh, with uh, many other things, uh, specifically here in Chicago. But uh, it's good to be back, and uh, I I have just been overwhelmed with uh, a lot of great uh, feedback from the show and from uh, the listeners uh, tuning in to the show, and I really appreciate all of the great feedback. Uh, Normally, I I, I kick the show off with, um, you know, a lot of, you know, personal intricacies and whatnot, but uh, no, nothing's really changed. Uh, I've just been uh, getting, uh, <laughs> I've just been getting on the men more or less, and uh, continuing uh, in, in the in the bright, bright uh, manner of uh, succeeding in in my health. Uh, it it has been uh, nearly a month since I've. Uh, been back here on the uh, show, and uh, as I've mentioned, uh, I've, uh, I've, a lot of things have been happening uh, abroad and here uh, in in Chicago. Uh, wow, where do we begin? A lot of things have been happening, uh, and and uh, normally normally we have uh, a lot of uh, things going on, uh, but uh, we're, we're we're definitely looking at new directions uh, here on the show, and so. Uh, again, thank you for all of your great feedback. I really appreciate it. Uh, all of the well wishes, uh, everybody reaching out to me uh, on social media, Twitter, most specifically. That's the only place I really kind of hang out. Oh, wow. And um, God, where do I even begin? Uh, it, it's been it's been uh, it's been been kind of interesting the last few uh, weeks, uh, you know. It, it, paying attention to uh, media, uh, local media, national media, world media, uh, things, things like that, uh, has been certainly interesting. With the uh, uh, interesting aspects of uh, recent politics here in the United States, of course, I choose not to really talk about. Uh, but uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah, just uh, you know, uh, a search by uh, your own uh, inquisitiveness should uh, reveal some surprising answers to that. Uh, it is good to be back. Uh, there have been a lot of things going on in the in in the world other than um, politics, and uh, and that and I'm going to try to bring you a few of those things. Uh, I wanted to send um, a few special thank yous. Uh, to a few special people out there uh most uh most most definitely uh my friends in the uk my friends uh in florida and uh my friends here in chicago oh and my friends in la and new york 
of course, and and uh, friends in Atlanta. Uh, it's it's uh, it's always good when uh, someone makes you smile. What's been going on? Uh, what what has been going on? There's been a lot going on. You know, I've, I you know I kind of tune in. I, I kind of tune in to tune out. I suppose you know uh, those that know me know that I really don't watch that much television. So it's it's tough for me to really get up to speed. I suppose in a normal normal <laughs> sort of tone or sense uh, because I, I choose not to watch television. So uh, do I, do I read news from the internet? Of course I do. Who doesn't, right? We all have smartphones. Uh, <laughs> you know, this this past uh, weekend, you know, I, I I took a quick jaunt down uh, to my home state of Florida. Uh, spent a uh, spent a spent a Friday night down there at uh, Club Space. Uh, thanks to Derek and all of those guys. Um, had 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 a nice time, but oh my goodness, I I had no idea that uh, all of the spring breakers had migrated to uh, Miami. Fortunately, I was uh, able to get out of there uh, very quickly. Uh, it, w it was uh, mild chaos, and that would be an understatement. But uh, it's certainly good to be back here uh, in the Windy City. Uh, what's going on? Let's let's just jump right into it, guys. Uh, I've got about an hour, and wanted to again thank you. Uh, thanks to everyone for your well wishes. That <laughs> man, you just make me smile. Um, Thanks to Radio 24, Apple and Stone, all of you guys, man, wow, I don't even know what to say. Uh, there's let, so again, let's just jump right into the news because we have a lot of things to cover, and I wanted to, I, I really wanted to cover uh, a little bit of um, interesting technology this evening. Uh, some technology that uh, I was involved with when I was a young hacker. And I wanted to share some of that technology this evening uh, with with my listeners because I, I think it's important that uh, you know about it at least uh, and know that uh, nothing is no technology is foolproof. And of course, the technology that I'm going to speak about this evening uh, certainly isn't foolproof either. Foolproof either. And so we're we're going to. Um, discuss that for uh, briefly this evening uh, what's going on in the news uh, a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot of course uh, there's been uh, there's been a lot of uh, banking issues uh, with with banks around the world uh, there's been a there's been a few interesting bank heists uh, and <laughs> you know cyber heists of course and uh, those have been interesting, uh, I believe. Uh, most recently, there was a heist uh, that was um, stopped because of a spelling error. I believe uh, the criminals were trying to uh, get over $150 million. Uh, I believe, at the, I believe though, they uh, got around $80 million before um, <laughs> one of the... Uh, criminals misspelled a word and uh, a bank officer somewhere in Germany caught it and questioned it and of course uh, I believe the banks in India stopped that 
heist from continuing, but uh, nevertheless, they got away with uh, quite a substantial amount of money. That still presents a big problem because, you know, if you walk around the streets of a big city, you can see manholes that are clearly labeled like, um, you know, AT&T, MCI, Sprint, etc. And <laughs> literally all it takes is um, a little bit of balls to, uh, you know, crawl down a manhole and uh, patch right into one of these uh, trunks. And of course, you know, there's your man in the middle of but uh, that that's a whole that's a whole other reality that we can discuss later on down the line. Uh, one of the things that uh, I spoke about on the last podcast, of course, was a cellular watch that I ordered from China. We're still waiting for that to arrive. Uh, spent uh, you know, I believe, I believe it was fifty nine dollars, fifty eight dollars, or whatever. We're we're still waiting for that to arrive. Once it does arrive, however, I suppose we will <laughs> we will do some sort of gimmicky product review on it. <laughs> Uh, one of, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, of course, was, uh, a recent, I don't know if it's a recent data breach because this, this company has been, uh, in trouble in the past. It's a company called 21st Century Oncology. Um, 21st Century Oncology is a company based in Fort Myers, Florida. And, um... Most recently, they confirmed that over 2.2 million patient records uh, were compromised. Uh, this this um, this company, 21 21st Century Oncology Holdings Inc., announced that, uh, of course, it's investigating an unauthorized third-party intrusion into its network. The company is providing notice to individuals that may have been affected by the incident and offering one year of complimentary identity protection services to the individuals potentially affected. Uh, around November of 2015, the Federal Bureau of Investigation advised 21st Century Oncology, Inc., that patient information was illegal, illegally obtained by unauthorized by an unauthorized third party, who may have gained access to the database. Upon learning of the intrusion, uh, they they twenty uh, first century oncology uh, hired a forensics firm, and uh, of course, the rest is history. Uh, from my understanding, this company. Uh, deals with uh, patient patients that have uh, serious issues with uh, end of life care, cancer treatments, uh, you know, real serious stuff. And um, you know, most most of these uh, most of these patients, uh, it, that's the last thing they need. And 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 when when you're dealing. You know, I've said it many, many times. You know, this is my 25th show, and and I've said it many times before. You know, the, <laughs> if you're dealing with patients' records, you know, names, addresses, birth dates, social security numbers, health statistics, health information. What? what why? Why isn't this stuff being encrypted? So, if you uh. Are a patient or were a patient or know anybody that uh, 
was a patient of 21st century oncology. Uh, you can you can pretty much uh, know that uh, your information or that those people's information was potentially compromised. What, what what do you say? What do you what do you say? Encrypt your database, folks. And if you can't, you know, <laughs> never mind. Listen, on the last show, uh, I, I spoke about uh, cell phone jammers. Do you remember that? I know I'm speaking loud and soft. And maybe I'll try to just uh, make sure the levels are set. Crash, dude, make sure the le- check the levels, man. I'm a little uh, still a little rusty. Um, anyhow, on the last show, we spoke of uh, cell phone jammers, the legality and the usage of them. And lo and behold, like seriously, three or four days later, I was reading the uh, Chicago Tribune online, of course. You know, does anybody read a newspaper anymore? Actually, yes, they do. You know, I have an elderly neighbor that <laughs> he uh, he still gets a paper, uh, and uh, I, I find it uh, so cool that he gets a newspaper and reads it every day before 5 a.m. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, as I spoke of... Uh, these uh, intriguing devices, uh, a.k.a. cell phone jammers. Uh, A few days later, I was reading the Chicago Tribune and uh, a a passenger on the the subway, which which is uh, also called the L's here in uh, Chicago. Uh, This guy, (laughs) this guy was on the L train and uh, he was uh, using a high-powered uh, cell phone jammer. And uh, let's see, uh, quoting from the Chicago Tribune, uh, Aaron Rob, <laughs> this, this really cracks me up. Uh, Aaron Rob- Robinson was commuting home from work last fall on the Brown Line when an older man carrying a plastic bag of old-style beer took a seat across from him. The man opened a beer and surveyed the car, scroll- <laughs> scowling as he saw another rider talking on his cell phone a few feet away. He watched the man pull a chunky black device topped with five antennas from his pocket and switched it on. Almost instantaneously, commuters who had been talking on their phones went silent, checking their screens for the source of the drop calls and etc. Uh, on Tuesday... Uh, or Tuesday uh, before March the 20th, undercover officers arrested the man who had allegedly created his own personal quiet car on the L with an illegal cell phone jammer uh, that he purchased from China. Uh, An attorney for Dennis Nickel, 63, a certified public accountant, said... His client only wanted some peace and quiet on his commute from his north side home to the University of Illinois Hospital and Health and Services Science Center. Uh, where yeah, uh, he was, uh, he he goes to say that um, that he was disturbed by people talking around him 
according to his attorney, Charles Lahr. Uh, a judge, of course, uh, promptly set bail at uh, $10,000 while dubbing Nickel the cell phone <laughs> the cell phone police. He might have been selfish in thinking about himself, but he didn't have any malicious intent, according to his attorney. Records provided by the Federal Communications Commission show that the regu... <laughs> that... <laughs> That the regulator has issued citations mostly for people attempting to sell the illegal jamming devices on Craigslist. But in at least one case, a Florida resident uh, was hit with nearly $50,000 in fines for using a cell phone jamming device as he commuted daily around Tampa. I think we spoke about that on the last uh, show. A CTA spokesman, or woman, sorry said uh, Nichols' arrest appears to mark the first for using a cell phone jamming device on the transit system. Photos of Nichols holding a, the device on the train had circulated online for months before police were tipped off that, indeed, he was actually jamming cellular traffic on an L train. And again, folks, uh, you know, I spoke about this on, on the previous, on show 24. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's pretty illegal to uh, jam cellular traffic. Now, there's schematics all over the internet. And yeah, of course, you can purchase the devices from China. Blah, blah, blah. And from my understanding, they are not illegal to own. But again, once you hit the, and again, it's my understanding. I'm by, of course, I am by no means a lawyer. Uh, but it's my interpretation that it is, however, legal to own the device, but it is illegal to turn it on and uh, interfere with uh, cellular traffic. And not only do these devices block cellular traffic, they uh, they block all kinds of things. taking a sip of water here um, be careful when you're using a jamming device you, you, you never know you, you never you, you never know what the consequences are going to be really seriously uh, if you're moving on if you've been following me on Twitter you you will know that uh, I posted a quick tidbit about how uh, uh, <laughs> You know, here's where the word hacker gets overused. It's it's every every, every it, it seems that every time I'm really trying not to curse anymore on the show. I was told that I curse too much. When a knucklehead who knows just enough about electronics to be dangerous does something mildly technically operable. Uh, the media labels them as a hacker. Well, of course, uh, I'm not label. I'm not calling this guy a hacker. He's a criminal. And uh, in this one instance uh, that I discovered on Yahoo News, this this uh, criminal installed a credit card skimmer in under three seconds. Check it out. I posted it on Twitter. There's a video to boot. It was quite interesting. Uh, let's see. I believe. Um, I believe that he. Let's see. Da, 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 da. I don't know if he was uh, caught or not, but it looked like he was in in on it with uh, some other guy who was making a purchase. You can check it out on my uh, Twitter feed. 
again, these these uh, credit card skimmers—they've been around forever. They've they've become ever ever so sophisticated over the years. Uh, I've seen, yeah, I, I've seen skimmers uh, with GSM capabilities. I've seen skimmers. I, I you know I've personally pulled skimmers off of ATMs that I've been to, uh, and you know, actually. Uh, I believe we were on a trip uh, last year. We were. We went to uh, South Pacific last year and um, swung by an ATM at a uh, little bar hop place. And um, lo and behold, uh, I went to go grab a little bit of cash out, out of the ATM and my my whole thing is when I go to an ATM, I I always jiggle. I, I will I will literally shake the ATM if I can to see if there's a skimmer attached. Usually they're just stuck on there with two sided tape. Uh, and so a, a good rule of thumb is to wiggle the uh, card insert if if uh, where you insert your card. Uh, you know. If, if it's protruding out, of course, and if you can grasp it with your index finger and thumb and uh, give it a good tug and shake, um, you know, you could you could probably tell there's a skimmer there. But, uh, you know, there I've seen some sophisticated skimmers where it covers the entire uh, whole face plate of the ATM. So hard to tell, but mostly, you know, it's uh, you're, you know, your common criminal your common tech knucklehead criminal uh, from around the corner or in that city or locale that's uh, skimming and you're able to identify. So nevertheless, I, I would <laughs> usually, and I, at this point I've found around four skimmers and usually when I find them, I just pull them off and toss them and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll continue to use the ATM. Uh, but be careful folks. Uh, skimmers are still being installed everywhere. By criminals, not hackers. Because the true hacker is not going to install skimmers. Uh, some pretty bad news coming in for iOS. There's um, a new family of malware for iOS that successfully infects non-jailbroken devices. Uh, some people are calling it the um, ace in the hole. Some people are calling it ace D. Some people are calling it ace deceiver. Whatever. Uh, this is a uh, interesting piece of malware for uh, for four. You could tell I was in the south. Uh, it, what makes this actually interesting is that uh, this takes advantage of iOS without you know again uh, without. Uh, the device being jailbroken um, it manages to install itself without any enterprise certificates at all and it does so by exploiting the design flaws of Apple's DRM mechanism uh, Apple has seemed to have removed the um, app from the store but it still may uh, spread through many more vectors uh, it's the first iOS malware that's been seen in the wild that abuses uh, Apple's DRM protection mechanisms, namely FairPlay. 
uh, and 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 uh, it installs malicious apps on iOS devices, regardless of whether or not they are jailbroken. Uh, pretty much, it's called a fair play man in the middle attack, and it's been used since you know for the past two or three years uh, to spread pirated iOS applications. Uh, but this is the first time it's been used to spread malware. Uh, this, this sort of man in the middle attack, uh, was presented at the Usenet security symposium in 2014. However, attacks using this technique are still occurring. Interesting. You know, uh, it's no surprise that, uh, you've got, uh, sophisticated malware starting to, uh, target your mobile phone, your mobile device, your mobile tablet. You know, uh, your, your mobile phone is uh, is like you don't know. And if you, if you don't know, your mobile phone is simply a computer. It's a pocket computer, folks. It's, it's, uh, most mobile phones are more powerful than the computers that we were banging on in the 90s and 80s and 70s. Uh, so it's no surprise. Uh, what can you do to avoid these type of uh, attacks? Well, you know, be be, be be cautious about what you install on your mobile device or or you know on your mobile operating system. Think about what you're installing. You know, when you're install, if you if you're reckless, if you are reckless, uh, recklessly installing games and and uh, stuff that you. You know, oh, th this looks cool. Let me install it. And you really don't have no idea what you're installing. Uh, well, uh, the same rules apply for uh, if you are using a um, computer. You know, remember those things? Computers. That's what you have in your pocket. It's probably what you're listening to this podcast on. Right. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to kind of stay on topic here. You know, um, maybe I'm letting the cat out of the bag too soon. I don't know. Uh, those who know me know that, uh, as a young hacker, uh, one of my main disciplines were smart cards, uh, smart cards, uh, ISO 7816, chip cards you know those cool little cards that you uh chip and pin cards that are used in europe and now that you're starting to uh use at uh walgreens god forbid if you're using them at walmart god forbid you for going to walmart <laughs> i don't care where you shop i'm just being a sarcastic uh knucklehead tonight but nevertheless, uh, most most uh, banks now are rolling out chip cards, and these cards use the ISO seventy eight sixteen format. Uh, it's been said that the security on these cards are uh, pretty pretty good, pretty um, pretty secure and robust. Well, for the most part, they are. For the most part, but this is some technology that. Uh, I've been ver versed in quite well. Uh, Peter, I know you listen to the show. Uh, Peter uh, is also versed in smart cards. Uh, Nick, you are as well. And uh, 
a few of my other friends who listen to the show uh, coming up through the ranks through the years. And you, you all know who you are. These could be, where do I, where do I begin? The, these cards are, you know, they're your credit cards, your American Express, your Visa, your MasterCard, all of these cards. You know, typically uh, up until now, or typically still, uh, credit cards or uh, debit cards in the United States uh, use magnetic technology you know you just swipe it and you're able to get down start using it whatnot but uh, due to the increased usage of um, skimming devices reader writers uh, it, it, it ab absolutely takes uh, zero technical understanding to um, purchase a uh, card from the uh, from a from you know the bad part of uh, the internet and clone these cards clone uh, clone card information yeah using the old magnetic uh, technology and these cards have been around for years the magnetic cards of course uh, the, the smart cards, however, have been, or something new to, uh, people here in America. Nothing, uh, new, of course, to people in Europe. The chip cards have been used for, for many, many years. And, uh, that's, uh, where I was able to, uh, actually understand the technology, uh, learning it from inside out. So uh, there, there. I've, I've, I've sort of followed some of the uh, CIOs of large companies, uh, such as uh, Walmart, Walgreens, uh, Kroger, etc., 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 who are complaining that uh, the new chip cards are not true chip and pin. Where uh, you insert the chip, that where you insert the card with the chip in the chip reader at a retailer, and then you enter in a PIN, and then your purchase is approved. Of course, uh, all you here in America with the chip cards, uh, you simply just insert the card in, uh, and you stand there, uh, you know, da, 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 and then you'll hear a little beeping noise, and then the cashier or the uh, retail clerk will say, oh, now you can remove your card, and you just pull your card out, and that's that. Uh, so there's there's a problem there, because there's no, there's, there's, there's not a second factor of verification going on there. So there's two, there's two, there's two ways to get into these cards. Or two ways to get your card, uh, and, and the reason I'm I'm talking with a paused tone here is because I really need to be cautious on what I'm sharing. Uh, the, these cards are uh, the first the first method is a, a classic man in the middle attack where um, you can attack the uh, the POS reader writer or the reader. 
and um, you can pause the transaction while allowing the authorization credentials to pass through to the retailer of course going going behind someone with a uh, secondary card you can use a secondary card and insert a, a more or less a blank chip card and uh, you you would you would force that transaction onto the previous customer's card how do you stop that well <laughs> uh, there's many ways to stop that but uh, we don't have time to talk about that how do you what's the second way to get into these cards well this is the fun part that I that I wanted to talk about and uh, these are called timing attacks uh, there's a gentleman out there his name is Christopher Charnovsky I think he's spoken uh, at a few conferences in the past and uh, he was one of the um, uh, people instrumental uh, in the past uh, for working with some <laughs> for creating some very complex and funny code back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. I'm not going to name the company, but uh, Chris has uh, Chris has some considerable experience uh, building off of uh, some uh, intermediate from some work uh, initially written by uh, Dr. Marcus Kuhn and Oliver Comerling. And uh, if you search the internet for design principles for tamper-resistant smart card processors, you may learn a thing or two. Again, uh, this is a paper written by Dr. Marcus Kuhn uh, and Oliver Cumberland. And the name of the paper is Design Principles for Tamper-Resistant Smart Card Processors. Now, I'm going to go through the abstract uh, quite quickly because I'm running out of time. Uh, in the introduction, uh, smart card piracy has become a common occurrence since around 1994. Almost every type of smart card processor used in European and also American and Asian Conditional access systems has been successfully reverse engineered. Compromised secrets, etc., have been sold in the form of illicit co clone cards that decrypt TV channels, etc., etc. Uh, the industry has had to update the security processor technology several times, many times at this point, since this paper has been written. Smart cards promise numerous security benefits. They can participate in cryptographic protocols. Unlike magnetic strip cards, the stored data can be protected against unauthorized access. However, the strength of this protection seems to be frequently overestimated. Uh, it's this is a very interesting paper. Again, the name of this the name of this white paper is Design Principles. For tamper-resistant smart card processors, it was written by uh, again Oliver Kamerling and Dr. Kuhn. Uh, there's 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 many techniques to access um, a smart card. Uh, you have microprobing, 
uh, and microprobing techniques can be used to access the chip surface directly where you are able to observe, manipulate, and interfere with the integrated circuit. You also have software attacks used uh, in the normal communication interface of the processor and exploit secure security vulnerabilities found in the protocols, uh, specifically the cryptographic algorithms or their implementations. Eavesdropping techniques monitoring uh, you know usually those are called emulators uh, with uh, high time resolution the analog characteristics of all supply and interface connections in any other electromagnetic radiation produced by the processor during normal operation again those are called emulators and fault generation uh, this was one of the uh, key techniques that I uh, used to play around with fault generation Fault generation technique uses abnormal environmental conditions to generate malfunctions in the processor to provide either conditional or unconditional access. A fault attack on a secure chip. What is a fault attack on a secure chip? And again, this is this was my flavor of the month when um, I was playing around with... Uh, smart cards not saying I still do <laughs> I'm really busy uh, there's another paper the name of this paper is fault <laughs> of course it's fault attacks on secure chips from glitch to flash uh, it's, uh, you can find this at uh, www.cl.cam.ac dot uk forward slash funny thing sps 32 uh, and here's a brief introduction attack scenarios on secure systems theft of service attacks on um, service providers satellite tvs electronic meters access cards software protection dongles Access to information, uh, information recovery and extraction, gaining trade secrets, IP privacy, ID theft, cloning and overbuilding, copying for making profit without investment in development, low-cost mass production by subcontractors, denial of service, dishonest competition, electronic warfare. Attack technologies are being constantly improved, therefore... There is a demand for secure chips. Who needs the secure chips? Well, check out the paper. And uh, so you have um, many techniques. Uh, you have side channel attacks where the techniques that allow the attacker to monitor the analog characteristics of the power supply and interfere interface rather connections and any electromagnetic radiation. Basically microprobing. Software attacks using the normal communication interface and exploit security vulnerabilities found in the protocols of the cryptographic algorithms and or their implementations. Boy, this sounds like Dr. Kuhn's paper, doesn't it? And of course, fault generation using abnormal environmental conditions, blah, blah, blah. Reverse engineering. Now, uh, the, the, this is another paper that you should really, uh, if this interests you, you should check it out. It's uh, the paper was written by Dr. Sergey 
Skorbachev. You can email him at sps32 at cam.ac.uk. Uh, it's uh, from the University of Cambridge Computer Laboratory. Uh, you can access this paper at uh, cl.cam.ac.uk. And the name of the, the paper again is Fault Attacks on Secure Chips from Glitch to Flash. What is glitching? That was my main method of playing with chip cards back in the day. Glitching, that's where you confuse the chip, the microprocessor, the coprocessor, the math coprocessor on the um, card chip. And once you do that, once you're able to dial in, I'm trying to speak from a high level here. You can watch some of Chris Charnovsky's videos on YouTube. I believe he's given a few talks at DEF CON in the past. Uh, Chris used to own a company called Fly Logic. Very smart cat. Um, you can microprobe these you can micro probe a card and actually see what the card is doing record what the card is doing and clone the and clone the card and you can also um, attack it uh, with a timing attack called uh, aka glitch attack uh, there are devices out there um, called glitchers if you search for them most specifically, you can uh, navigate over to AISLER.net and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's called a clock glitcher for the secure embedded systems, aka chip card. Uh, and again, uh, glitching a card uh, has, has many consequences on the processor that the card uses. Uh, a lot of a lot of companies use uh, proprietary uh, cards or or chips rather on their cards made specifically for that company and that company's needs and security. Uh, nowadays, a lot of cards are resistant to glitch attacks, but not all. There's a schematic. On the site that actually shows you how to build these glitching devices and there's also once you once you begin to go down this rabbit hole if that's your thing you will find it quite interesting check it out aisler.net it's an SES clock glitcher so what I'm saying, folks, or I really don't want this. This gets extremely technical, technical. And so I advise you, if this is what interests you, to go and do a little bit of reading and check it out. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll find it too confusing. Maybe maybe you'll find it intriguing. I've been playing with smart cards since the early '90s. Good friend of mine. Uh, who taught me most of what I know. Boris. I'm not going to mention his last name. Uh, but we, we, we were pretty good chums back in the day. 
seemed that he got in over his head back in the 90s. He's no longer with us. Just be careful playing with uh, smart cards, folks. Make sure that uh, that if you do decide to go down that rabbit hole, make sure that you follow every legal law in your jurisdiction. If, you know, Of course, if you live in on some remote rock in the middle of the Pacific, then I guess I suppose you're okay. But make sure that you're well within the legal confines of your laws and jurisdictions. I, I, it, it, you really don't want to get in trouble playing with these uh, smart cards, especially bank cards. Uh, most, most uh, if not all cards, are protected by DRM and the DMCA. Both. So just be careful. Know what you know what you are getting into. Talking some cool stuff tonight. What do you think, Crash? We talking some cool stuff, Bob? I think we are. Gadgets. Who doesn't like gadgets? You know, I got a, I got some, uh, I got some, uh, feedback from the last show about gadgets and. I guess I'm going to talk about some more gadgets. Where's my little iPad here? I've got a new iPad and I just don't... It's got this cover on it. I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, we all like gadgets. Me too. I love gadgets. I'm a gadgety kind of guy. So one of the one of the one of the cool gadgets that I found uh, are God, it's pretty cool. You know, we uh, at some point you want to know where. <laughs> God, it sound like it sound like some kind of weirdo. Uh, sometimes you just need to know where things are. And uh, knowing where things are greatly ease your mind in certain situations. And with that said, if you go to a nice little website called airtightsecurityplus.com, I am not going to spell that, but I'll say it again, airtightsecurityplus.com, all one word. There are some cool gadgets. And one of the gadgets that I found quite interesting was um, the vehicle history recorder. Uh, and this thing is uh, pretty cool. Uh, it uses uh, low power GPS technology. Uh, and um, it actually records a vehicle uh, it, 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 in every mode of, um, operation from start to stops, speed, direction, and other valuable information, uh, according, according to the website, all of which can be quickly downloaded and viewed on your computer. 
It even has its own temperature recorder to help monitor the surrounding environment. A vibration detector combined with proprietary low-power low GPS technology helps, it, helps to make this an ideal energy-saving GPS tracking device. No monthly fees are required. A lot of um, a lot of GPS tracking devices, uh, you know, use uh, GPS technology. Or not, of course, they use GPS technology. A lot of uh, GPS tracking devices uh, use uh, sideband technologies, like uh, 3G, 2G Edge. GSM connections to uh, allow you to uh, monitor the target vehicle, person, etc. in real time. Um, but this this little device, the reason I'm I'm speaking about this little device, and uh, is because it's sort of like a set it and forget it sort of device. You know, you can just pop it onto a car or a bus or a motorcycle or a moped or your bicycle or whatever your target is and go back to it later and see what it's been up to airtightsecurityplus.com check it out and there's all kinds of cool spy stuff on there if that's what you're you know you're into underwater cameras counter surveillance spy supplies bug detectors pin detectors, wireless video scanners, RF detectors, cell phone and GPS detectors. All kinds of cool stuff. Check it out. There's even a um there's even a a device that they sell and it's it's rather expensive. It's the probe monitor. Uh, it's a counter surveillance probe monitor uh, device. Uh, the CPM counter surveillance probe monitor provides five of the most desired suite functions in one package. Now, if you want, if you want to be one of those cool dudes that go around and, and charge lots of money to some paranoid CEO somewhere to do a uh, sweep of their company. <laughs> you can order the Pro Monitor and you're automatically a professional. It's pretty cool though. Uh, it has all kinds of features like rapid detection and location of electronic security devices, ease of operation, highly affected with limited training. Didn't I just say that? Silent covert detection and location gives you the advantage. High RF sensitivity can locate a bug as low as one microwatt. Total, total spectrum coverage from 200 hertz to over 3 gigahertz with no holes or gaps. Now that's pretty cool. A lot of uh, monitoring devices use, uh, you know, the, a lot of the a lot of spy devices use those frequencies, but uh, some of the cool stuff from uh, you know state sponsored entities uh, they 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 go into the twelve gigahertz range. So good luck. Uh, but this is pretty cool. Check it out. It's the Pro Monitor K 
counter surveillance. It's the counter surveillance probe monitor. It's, it's pretty cool though. It's kind of expensive. It's almost $2,400. Oh, there's another option. You can <laughs> just check it out. I don't want to push that crap too much. Uh, and one last thing that we're going to talk about, uh, and this is actually pretty cool and uh, affordable, and you probably know someone that needs this. Again, be careful using these devices, folks. I mean, this this is stuff that uh, can get you in a lot of trouble if you do not check your local laws. This is called the Enigma. <laughs> no, I'm talking all kinds of crazy shit. This, this is the Enigma Recovery Combo iPhone and Android, re Android Recovery Software Stick. The Enigma Recovery Pro Combo software includes a set of great software utilities that currently support, supports both iPhone and Android smartphones with... Plan support soon for Windows and BlackBerry devices. The Smartphone Recovery Pro for iPhone is a professional data recovery product for home, office, and professional use, which enables a user to recover data from an iPhone handset quickly and efficiently. With the Smartphone Recovery Pro for iPhone, you can view and backup data using any Apple, Mac, OS or Windows PC, including call history, SMS text messages, and much more. You can also recover deleted contact records, messages, call history, calendar, and notes from an iPhone. Not to be outdone, there's one for Android. And also, uh, it, it, it's the Smartphone Recovery Pro for Android where you can view and backup data using any Windows OS-based PC, including call history, SMS text messaging, and much more. You can also recover deleted messages, photos, videos, documents, and notes from an Android phone. Uh, it's, called, it's, it's called the Enigma Recovery. You can find that at Pimall.com, P-I-M-A-L-L.com. Again, check your local laws. Don't get in trouble using this crap. It's fun to play with. It's fun to fool around with, test. Uh, there are plenty of open source alternatives to what I just spoke about. There's also a lot of, uh, if you look... If you look at, uh, if you go to the Internet Archives, you can find a lot of old uh, websites that actually still have some of the old. Uh, and I'm, I'm reaching back here to uh, where we were talking about uh, smart cards. You can find uh, a lot of that software that will, that's still available in the Internet Archives. It's quite useful, quite effective. Uh, what, what you can, what I would advise is, uh, if you, if you do go down the, 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 the wormhole or rabbit hole or whatever you want to call it, 
playing with uh, chip cards, again, please, by all means, make sure that you are staying within the confines of the law. And use an older computer, something with a, an old serial port, like an uh, RS-232 port. You can still find that hardware out there. That's the best stuff to use, That because that, at that point, you, you are using direct communication COM ports rather than virtualized communication ports such as USB, but you can. There, there's many flavors of USB. Um, fun stuff to use out there. Again, companies are still being targeted. Hotels, banks, even you. You know, it's, it's, it's a different era, and again, you know... A little bit of caution goes a long way, and and a lot of common sense goes even further. Uh, you know, when when you just use a, a simple bit of common sense when you're playing around with stuff like this, it it, it will it will guide you into e even greater enlightenment into knowing what you're playing around with. The first thing you want to always make sure is, however, is that you're not breaking any laws because. Seriously, it, it's not cool when uh, your door's getting kicked in at 3.30 in the morning. So just make sure you're cool with that. Make sure that you're not pissing off anybody in the law enforcement uh, section. I know a lot of you guys uh, probably don't think too highly of law enforcement, uh, but uh, you know they're, you know, with anybody, with with any section of any industry. You know, there's there's always bad apples in every bunch, but for the most part, there are there are really um, great people in uh, law enforcement. Uh, and again, stay stay within stay within the legal confines of the law. You know, uh, this 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 stuff can get you uh, in a lot of trouble very quickly if you're not careful. Make sure that you read your documentation. Make sure that you read the white papers and understand what you're what you're getting involved in, especially with chip cards, and understanding how they work. I think I think what I'm bringing to you uh, this evening about speaking about chip cards is to to understand that you know the, the chip cards are basically just little tiny computers on a plastic card. And uh, they can be compromised just just as well. And so uh, they are interesting. I had a great time uh, as a, as a young hacker playing with uh, smart cards. Um, I'm sure you will too if that's what you choose to do. I wanted to thank uh, I wanted to thank uh, my old uh, friend who's no longer with us, Boris, for teaching me a lot. And also another friend of mine, Reggie, who passed away in uh, 2005. Also, Sean. Sean in Vancouver. <laughs> a lot of, lot of old names I'm dropping there. Um, a lot of memories with that stuff, too. But uh, and, and it's definitely an interesting... Um, field and uh, I'm, I'm quite certain as um, we move 
into an era where uh, NFC chips and smart cards are, are more the norm than anything else, that understanding how this technology works uh, will benefit you in making sure that maybe you can contribute to making the technology safer and more robust and, and perhaps even contributing to a higher purpose of the technology itself. How's that sound? Okay, so I shared some cool gadgets with you, shared some interesting topics with you. I promise you guys I will be back next week for some more cool stuff to talk about. And I only said one curse word on the show tonight. It's great to be back in Chicago. Uh, thank you again for everybody's well wishes. Thank you to Apple and Stone for the killer music. Thank you, Crash. Dude, thanks. Uh, and thank you to all my friends, family, and colleagues. I, I love you all. And um, let's see. What else, what else was I going to talk about? Oh, and be sure to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Apple and Stone for the great music. You can check me out on Twitter, twitter.com. Just search for Gummo XXX. We're also on Roku, iTunes, a few other places, and uh, coming to a few more places. Uh, now that uh, now that I'm I'm, I'm back at the uh, studio with a little bit of uh, regularity here. Uh, coming to you from atop the Aeon Center in Chicago. My name is Gummo. This is the show Transmit. This is show number 25. I think it's show 25. It's the first day of spring. Don't take life too seriously, folks. Seriously. Take a breath of fresh air. Get out. Get outside. Get some sun on your face. Feel the wind. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And then you can spend the night in, in, in your basement hacking. <laughs> Happy hacking, right? Um, if you want to email me, you can email me. It's gummo at hackers.xxx. That's our website, by the way. Hackers.xxx. Do I sound different? Do I sound more chipper? Hmm. Maybe I'll share more about things in the future but yes I am I'm more happier I'm more chipper and it's good to be back I'll see you guys next week this is Gummo Gummo